Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Radio, a special Wednesday night edition for all you people out, all you people out there that either watching the in the last regular, the last game of the regular season NBA. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast tonight. I have to bring you some more NFL draft coverage on Monday at noon. We had the likes of Tennessee State linebacker Nick Thrasher on the show, and tonight we're bringing you another 2015 NFL draft prospect. Joining us tonight on the show is none other is none other than 2015 NFL Draft prospect wide receiver George, George Wiggins from UNC Pembroke. George, how are you doing tonight? Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate the opportunity, you guys, giving me a chance to get my name out there, man. Oh, no problem, no problem. Definitely had to make this happen before the NFL draft started in a in a couple of in a couple of weeks, but just before we start off, just give the listeners an introduction about yourself and your career at UNC Pembroke, because a lot of people might have not heard of the UNC Pembroke Braves and not, might have not followed your career so much. So give the fans here in Philadelphia and across the nation a quick glimpse of who you are. Well, yeah, my name is George Wiggum. Uh, I played receiver and kickoff return specialist at UNC Pembroke for two years. Uh, our first year we, I was there, we went undefeated. Well, we went 9-1, and one, almost went undefeated. We lost uh, to Newberry in our regular season. And we advanced to the second round of the Division Two playoffs and lost to North Alabama. That year I was ranked 14th nationally in the kickoff return yard, so I did pretty good for myself. And then uh, my following year, uh, my senior year, I ended up starting and uh, ended up getting the starting spot and uh, played a big role that year. We didn't do too too good. We, we uh, actually went two and eight that year, but it was a lot of new coaches, new coaching staff, new offense. So it was a lot to uh, take on, I guess, for the new guys. But I tried to do the best I could do. But besides that, I mean, it, the UNC Pembroke was a good school. I had a good career there. I'm just looking forward to further in my career now. Definitely, and and having a chance to be able to sit and watch your film, there's a lot of like good things that I wrote about you. Uh, you know, when I'm writing that in my notebook, I wrote that you know, good return specialist can hit and hit and he hits the lane, uh, the scene with conviction. You know, good hands, reliable, top speed, top end speed. You're not afraid to block. I saw that as a wide receiver. Yeah, you wasn't know. afraid to block. You're shifty. Uh, you're quick. You can play on the outside of the wide receiver. You can do a little bit of everything. So, um, just talk about how uh, talk about playing. You know, talk about the different mentality is being a wide receiver on the outside and then being a kickoff special. Because a lot of people, a lot of teams, when they see 
you know, you in the, uh, in the game as a kickoff specialist or, the, or a return specialist, or they'll see, you know, in the NFL, like the DeAnthony Thomases or the Dante Hall or the Deshaun Jackson in when they'll punt and kick returns. Teams start getting scared. So what's your mentality when you're, when you're playing at both, when you're doing both positions? Well, kickoff return, I, I figure I like to say that's my, my best quality. I, I, I like to say mm-hmm. I like to be back. I like to set the game off, set the tone for the game, for the offense. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is like a big part. Special teams is a big part of the game. Like without special teams, you know what I'm saying, special teams actually win games sometimes. So I take mm-hmm. good, good, very, very good pride in uh, being a very good return specialist. And the thing about it, I just have no fear back there. Once I get the ball in my hands, I just feel like I can do whatever I want with it. And then as a, when I play receiver, receiver, I take a different approach because you got to be more patient, you know what I'm saying? You got to know uh, coverages, you got to pre-snap read, and you know what I'm saying? You can't be as aggressive as I, I can be on a kickoff return. But receiver, I feel like uh, my, my approach to it is more calm. I, I, I feel mm-hmm. like my strength, though, like I, I can read coverages, you know, and uh, I react very quick. And like you said, my, my top end speed, once I get the top end speed, I feel like it ain't too many people on the field who catch me. Definitely, I I definitely feel I definitely uh, see that. And like with the comparisons I just brought up, like you just you 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 remind me of a DeAnthony Thomas. You remind me of uh, of a Jerry Archer. You remind me of a Deshaun Jackson. Like you said, that top end speed, that game breaker type speed. You know that can just blow the top off the defense. Or like you said, with uh, as a return as a returner, you you know you trying to set the game off. You trying to get the tone right because as you said, special teams. A lot of times, and a lot of fans forget that they always think it comes down to the points, who scored the most points, who won the tournament. Exactly. But like you said, you know, it's all about uh, it's all about you know getting that getting that good field position, good, good field position. Because if you if your team's starting at the twenty, that's not good. But as you said, exactly. Right, but as you as, but as you as a returner, if you can get to the thirty or the forty yard line, or at, even at midfield, you're setting your offense up for some uh for, yeah, for a pretty good short set. Field. We have about 23 minutes left here on the podcast, and 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 now talking about your game. Who do you try to model your game at when you were growing up? You know, playing ball in high school and and now in college. Like, who are the wide receivers that you try to model your game at, or returners that you just try to model your game at? Said, I'm going to try to see what they do, watch their film, and see how I can add that to my game. Well, as a return specialist, I always watched Devin Hester. Being from Miami, Florida, myself. Mm-hmm. I always prided myself. I watched him from college, high school, all the way to, to the NFL now, and, and he's the top returner in the NFL. So I guess I've been watching the right guy all along. And as a receiver, <laughs> I always felt like I, I, I always felt like I, uh, my, my game would like is more like a Steve Smith because he's small on the outside. A lot of people think he couldn't do some of the things he would do on the outside because of his height. But when they when they get in front of him, he's very physical out there, and I, I like to see myself just like that too, very physical on the outside more than people would assume that I would be. So those two people right there, I would, like, really model my game out there. In the return game, Devin Hessner, and as a receiver, Steve Smith. Definitely. I like I like those two comparisons. I definitely like – I especially like the Devin Hester comparison because this man has literally no disrespect to Deion Sanders and what Deion Sanders is. We just talking about <laughs> our generation. I'm just saying, yeah, not our disrespect him, yeah, but – our generation, Devin Hester, we when we were watching him back in Miami, like you said, this man was just setting the setting the football world on fire. Nobody didn't want to football kick the ball to him. Not at all. And I had to deal with that a lot during college. There's a lot of squib kicks, 
a lot of pop-ups. Like, that, that affected a lot, too. So I'm used to all of that now. Right, definitely. And what is the uh, what is the comparison that you have gotten from scouts so far? I think scouts said, "Well, you remind me of this player. You you remind me of this player when you do your routes or when you're returning or catching passes." What do you get from scouts? Well, actually, I've been I trained down here at the Chambers Chambers uh, little fitness center down here uh, owned by Chris Chambers from the, uh, the Miami Dolphins, and he said that okay. uh, he, he, the first the first week that I was working out there, he said that. He think that I would be a great a great asset to a team as a slot receiver, and he didn't really say too much on the outside, but as a slot, because he said uh, I'm very mm-hmm. in and out of my break very quick. Uh, I, I attacked the ball. I got very good concentration, and uh, my routes were very crisp after weeks on weeks of preparation. Like he really said that I was showing a lot of growth. So <clears throat> after talking with him and then doing a lot of, I had a, I've been doing a lot of CFL tryouts. And the feedback I've been getting from them is the same thing. They said explosiveness, very quick and out of my breaks, good route running, and very good eye-to-ball contact concentration. So I've been getting a lot of good feedback lately, so I'm hoping to carry over into somebody wanting to call me in for training camp. Definitely, and and, 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 that's, and I forgot about that great comparison from Chris Chambers, who in his own right, tremendous wide, tremendous wide receiver. For the, for, uh, for the Dolphins and slot receiver, I definitely can see you as a fit slot receiver, just like what Chris Chambers said. You know, you you can make a living just on the on the outside too. You can make a definitely living in the in the, in the slot. And talk about the uh, talk about the CFL game because, like you said, you had even had a uh, even having a couple of trials with a couple of CFL teams. And for a lot of people, they don't understand the CFL game is different than the NFL game. And a little bit, the field's wider. The wide receivers are uh, the wide receivers are always moving. So talk about the difference between the CFL and NFL game, and how your uh, how your skill set can you know can work also in the game uh, in in the CFL. Yeah, well, the, the NFL and the CFL it's it's a it's a quite bit different because it's like in the CFL they have way more receivers on the field at once, and we all could be in motion at the same time. So I had to get used to that. So it's really mm-hmm. not so more of bringing bringing, like, what I could do from, saying getting picked up in the NFL to the CFL. Because so the CFL is very, from what I've been encountering, is very different. But as far as the routes and everything else, they, 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 it's all the same routes. They want to see speed cuts and seeing you can get in out of, out of your breaks quick because they had a rule, I guess, in the CFL where the, the DB could touch you all throughout the whole down the field, and I didn't even know that. So it ain't really no mm-hmm. real pass interference call. So you have to be very physical and precise with your routes in the CFL because they could be all over you and there's no flag call. So <clears throat> learning, like, how to do the straddle, like they call it the straddle, uh, so I guess it's a motion technique they do. Learning how to do that compared with, I guess, like coming in full speed as as far as the NFL, you know, you have to motion and get back set. In the CFL, you could go and straddle and run full speed and be at top end speed before you get to the line of scrimmage. So I figure, for me, that's a big advantage, which is why I've been liking all these CFL tries that I've been doing because if I can get to top end speed while the DB still in his back foot or stand still, I think that's a big mismatch. Yeah, definitely. And I had a chance to watch a, a few CFL games this uh, this past summer because they were on ESPN, ESPN2 a lot this summer. And you're definitely right. If, you know, with a wide receiver, your speed, you know, if you can hit your top end speed like that, once the ball snap hit in the line of scrimmage, and you're right, that's gonna that's gonna cause the the DB a lot of problems because now they ain't backpedaling you, and you already down down the field five ten yards down the field, and the quarterback all he just gotta do is put the pass on you, and you're pretty much gone. 
Yeah, you just do what you do after that. Once the ball in your hand is up, it's you after that. <clears throat> Definitely, and and for and a lot of people, for for a lot of people, the CFL has actually been a great, great tool for the NFL, uh, especially for wide receivers. Um, Deron Carter, who was with the Montreal uh, the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Chris Carter's son was a uh, was signed by the Indianapolis Colts earlier this off season. Uh, uh, former he was he just he was just playing for the Panthers. Uh, Tyquan Underwood was signed by the uh, Hamilton Ticats this off season too. So a lot of movement between the CFL is a lot of a lot of players are now seeing that you know that these NFL scouts not only are looking at these guys. And whatever happening in uh, in training camps or whatever, these guys are getting looks in the CFL because the CFL you can definitely do a lot to help your game and and and, and it's a and it's a good it's a good league it's a great league it's been around for many years so I definitely think yeah. that um, so I definitely think the CFL could be could be a great could be a, a great launching path for you even CFL NFL I definitely believe Georgia one of them to, one of the leagues is going to be a great launching pad to something very big for you yeah man I'm hoping any I'm I'm just blessed for any opportunity that I'm able to just further my career and just keep playing mm-hmm. if it's the CFL or NFL if anybody just give me the opportunity I'm just blessed for it definitely we have about 15 minutes left here on the podcast we're here talking with 2015 NFL draft prospect, wide receiver, return specialist, Mr. Do-It-All, jack-of-all-trades, uh, George Wiggum from UNC Pembroke, the home of the Braves. And, George, well, we always do this with our, uh, with, our, with our prospects coming on the podcast, coming on, our, coming on the podcast. Break down your strengths and weaknesses. Give us some of your strengths and give us some of the weaknesses that you will be able to turn into strengths down the road. Well, I would say my strength as a, as a player overall, i just say my passion for the game, but I know a lot of people go out mm-hmm. there and they just play, and they're, they're just blessed with some of the opportunities they have to just keep playing. But me, I, I feel like my passion sets me apart from a lot of players out there. And my weakness, I would say, I, I would say I would need to maybe watch like more film because I used to like coming playing out of Division Two. You know, it wasn't a lot of film watching that we would do as far as like the big Division Ones and the big, like how to get prepped to watch those type of film. But learning how to break mm-hmm. down film. And learning how to like study your opponent better is probably would be one of my weaknesses that I'm really working on now on my own. Definitely, definitely. And I like and I, and I like and I like how you basically I like I like how you just turned your your weakness into a strength, saying that you know. And D two, there really wasn't a lot of film watching, but now on my own, I'm now being I'm now sitting down watching films, seeing where I made where I probably messed up somewhere, and saying I'm where I'm gonna go out now. On, and training the next day or the next week and go out and now I'm going to try to go fix this. And now, okay, now I just saw it again on film. Now I see how I fixed it. Now we need to work on what else I need to fix. So I definitely like how you just turned that weakness and said, well, this weakness is going to become a strength in due time. Just give me time for it to, uh, for it to make it work. Um, I like that you also brought up your passion for the game. As, as as a strength, and that follows into my next question: is what as we as we always ask everybody that comes on the show, what is your motivation when it comes to the game of football? Like, what's your motivation when you know right now where you're training or when you're when you're about to go through these tryouts with the with the CFL and getting looks from the NFL? What's the what's what's your motivation behind the game of football? Well, I have a I have a three year old daughter right now. Her name's Jayla Wiggum. Besides her and my mother and my and my my faith, my religion, 
Those those three things mm-hmm. right there are the things that I wake up every day and I just know there's no quit. It's, it's like no way I could quit. I have to make it right. because I know I got a little daughter I have to provide for, and I want to make sure she has the best life out there. I don't want her to want for nothing. So that my daughter and my mom and my religion, those three things right there is what pushes me every day to keep on doing what I got to do. Definitely, uh, you know, I always, I always like, I always like to ask that question just because I like to see, I like, to, I just love to hear everybody's different answers because everybody has the same answer almost, and it, it's the same correlation. The answer is just all about family. Uh, I've had a couple people say, you know, family because you know they tired of seeing their mom struggling. You know, they they want they want to help out. They want to you know do it for her so mom can finally kick up, pick her feet up, and you know don't have to worry no more. And I like and I like you and I definitely love your answer too. You know, as you said, you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta do it for your daughter. Number one, you like you said, you wanna and this is just you know me just speaking right now. You wanna you wanna be able to give her the world. You know, give her everything that you know everything that she wants, and and definitely doing this doing and and being able to pre, to live your dream out as a as a as a professional football player is probably probably will be so phenomenal for. For your daughter, for your mom, then you say for your religion, you know, just all three good, three good key foundations and fundamentals that I think a lot of, you know, a lot of athletes should have: family, you know, religion, sports, you know, those, those, those key foundations in life. I definitely love those, uh, love those responses. Yeah, most definitely. We have about we're at the eleven minute mark here on the podcast today, and. Another question that everybody always asks, they always say, Jovan, why don't you always ask, why don't you play GM with these guys? And I say, okay, why not? So if I was the NFL GM of, okay, I'll say I'm the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you know the Eagles need help at wide receiver. Let's not, let's not, let's not play around. I mean, they have no Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson is gone, they just signed Miles Austin, they have Jordan Matthews, they have, uh, they have Jordan Matthews, they have uh, Josh Huff. So we need some help at wide receiver. So I'm the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you have to and you have to persuade me why I should draft you, George Wiggum, from the universe from the University of North Carolina Pembroke. It's persuade me or tell me why I should draft you, Philadelphia Eagles, or if the NFL GM or scout or CFL scout is listening to this podcast right now, tell them why they should bring you on to their team. Well. Uh, for first instance, I would tell them they're getting the uh, all-around player, all-package player on and off the field. I, I, I think after going through and growing up and being through everything that I've been through, I would say that I know how to act like a professional on and off the field already, which is, which is as I, I can see now, is a big problem in the NFL right now where people mm-hmm. are in, in trouble a lot off the field with dealing with a lot of stuff. And I would believe, like, the way I'm, I'm, I've been brought up, and the way I've changed my life over, I would say that that would be a big part that I could bring the asset to a team, knowing that when I show up, I'm going to be on time. You're not going to have a problem with me. I'm going to be a sponge on and off the field. You don't never have to worry about George Wiggum being in the newspaper or being anything that where he's not supposed to be. I have a daughter. I'm a family man. I do everything for my family. And once I'm a part of your team, I will consider you guys as my family, so I will not try to do anything to – Embarrassed or be able to get less from my family because without that I'll be nothing. So I would let them know that putting me on that team is just more is more than just a team that that I'm I'm encountering. I'm I'm actually accepting a second family basically. So it would be more than football that I'm I'm looking at 
when he puts me on his team. That's what I would tell somebody. Definitely, and I and I and I have to respect and I respect that answer because as you said, right now in the NFL and just sports in general, but more specifically the NFL, that's really a big thing. Character issues. I mean, we have the Ray, we had the Ray Rice situation. We have other situations in today. Aaron Hernandez found guilty for murder. Just a lot of a lot of things. A lot of not good marks in the NFL. And like you said, character is starting to seem to be a big thing for a lot of teams. Now bringing a character guy, a high character guy into the locker room. So I, I definitely, I definitely, you know, like that. And I definitely like that answer. We have about eight minutes left here in the podcast. And I forgot to, I forgot to ask you this question. Talk about how, because a lot of every person that we pretty much bring on is playing, and playing small school football, D, D1 AA, uh, D2, mm-hmm. D3, NAIA. Talk about the experience of playing uh, of playing Division Two football and playing at UNC Pembroke because there's a lot of cop, football cops, a lot of football scores in UNC. So just talk about that experience of playing of playing in D two and at UNC Pembroke. Playing that playing at Division Two was better than I expected because you know a lot of people they would like I would say talk down because it's not Division One, but you would be surprised mm-hmm. like there there are some it was it's still some top premier athletes that are in Division Two like playing some of the teams that I played against. They have been – actually, like, uh, for instance, Winston-Salem State, like, they they get looked at by the NFL every year. They at least have one guy or two guys off of their team that get invited to training camps. And I'm playing against these type of guys, like, every other game. Like, our our, our schedule was ranked, like, top two toughest schedule in the in the nation in Division Two, I think, last year. So the the, 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 the competition in Division Two is – way better than most people would expect it and way better than I expected. And I enjoyed, I can actually say I enjoyed playing in that division. It, it was more competitive and you see, you get the, you don't get the big experience of playing in front of 80,000 and a hundred thousand like that. But you know, the fans mm-hmm. that do come and show up, they're, they're really, they're really there for you to support you. And you know, they, they really have your back and win or lose. You could, you could count on those people in those stands to really show up and, you know what I'm saying? Just make that game whatever it is to be out there. You guys put on a good show for them. But it was a good experience, mm-hmm. I would say. Definitely. And then talk about and talk about the and, and talk about your experience at, at UNC Pembroke playing football there because as I said, there's a lot of football schools in North Carolina, big schools, D1, D1AA, D2. Talk about just playing in playing playing at UNC Pembroke because I pretty much think I probably played a couple of North Carolina teams. <laughs> During your course of year there, years there, so talk about that. Yeah, playing at UNC Pembroke was great, actually. And then we actually, my 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 first year there, we got a chance to play the, a Division One rival, UNC Charlotte. There was like a brand new school opening mm-hmm. up, and we, and we actually won. So after beating them, everybody began to know a little bit about UNC Pembroke. It was a little buzz going around North Carolina, and then we actually knocked off Winston Salem State that year too. So. UNC Pembroke, after I, I I could say after I left, was more known than it than it was before I got there. Like it was a great the coaching staff that was there. Pete Shinnick, he, he coaches now at the University of West Florida. It was him and uh, my receiver coach Jamie Deese. Like that group right there, I learned a lot from from those coaches right there that brought me to UNC Pembroke. And I I want to say thank you to him actually if he's listening out there for actually giving me the opportunity to play at UNC Pembroke because it was a great opportunity. Definitely, definitely. If he's listening out there, I hope he's listening out there. You heard it from your from your from your from your from your, from your former player. He appreciates he appreciates all that you have done. 
We have about five minutes left here on the um, on the podcast. And it's funny that you bring up D two because we had a I had a couple of guys actually from a couple of guys from D two. You might have played against this school. I don't know if you played against Virginia. Uh, you, the Virginia University of Lynchburg. I don't know if you guys played against Yeah, I guys, have. I have played against them, there. actually, yeah. <laughs> we had a couple of those boys on here uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, John Robertson, the wide receiver, and, uh, yeah, and their I, DB, I Antonio that. Brown. Yeah, I played with both of them in the uh, senior bowl down here in Miami, the FCS bowl. Oh, you did play the FCS Bowl. Talk about your – there you go. we got another thing to talk about. Talk about your experience <laughs> at the FCS National Bowl because both of those guys, you know, they, they, they said they enjoyed the experience. They loved it. They will recommend anybody that they had the chance to go play in that bowl. Talk about you because that's down in Miami, so that was like – that was pretty much old stomping ground. So it's just like I'm back home and I get to play in, in an all-star game. Talk about that experience. Yeah, playing in the FCS Bowl was a great opportunity. Actually, like, after graduating and uh, finishing off my senior season, that was actually my launching pad, I would say, because I gained two uh, two two scouts from there, the Rams and the Raiders. Actually, I talked to two scouts from the Rams and Raiders. So that FCS mm-hmm. uh, Scout Bowl was actually a great, great opportunity for a lot of players to get their name out, more so some of the ones that, like me, went to small schools, you know, and then we don't have, like, pro days at our school and stuff like that. So the mm-hmm. FBS Bowl that they had in Miami is a great, great, great opportunity. I would advise any player if they get that invitation in the following years that they could have come to accept because it's a, it's a very good program and uh, opportunity to get your name out there. Yeah, definitely, and I gotta give I gotta give a lot of credit to those guys that you know that put together these you know these college all star games for you guys that play in the smaller schools. The that said the FCS National Bowl, I think the Dream Bowl also. Was a good one. Yeah. I heard the Medal of Honor, the College Grand Iron Showcase. I just give all respect to these guys that really, that really put this, put those All Star games together because a lot of the D one guys get the attention with the Senior Bowl and the, the East West Shrine game. But hey, there's a lot more All Star games going on right now, and the most I've been hearing about from a lot of you guys is the SCS National Bowl. So I think this one might keep on picking up steam. As the years go on, because everybody just keeps on talking about the uh, talking about that bowl. Yeah, the FCS bowl was a great opportunity. It was a lot of scouts, and they like instead of just being all about football, they they had a seminar, and you got to meet some agents, and they let you know the in and outs of it, so you know how to pick them and know what you're getting yourself into when you sign the agent. So it was a good learning experience and just a good time for people to meet new players and actually have fun and just get one more game under your belt is because some of those players, they probably never played football again. Definitely. And that, and, that, and I think that's, and that's great too. That's also great. Them teaching, giving y'all a seminar, teaching y'all ins and outs about, about professionals, about professional football. Cause there's so many ins and outs that, you know, that we can't in any of our lives when we go into professional fields that we always can't learn in the classroom. So we always need that extra learning to say, well, this is how you're supposed to do it. Maybe you should look out for this and you look out for that. So that's, that's great that those guys do it. We have about two minutes here on the podcast, and we're going to wrap it up with this question, George. What is the what is what is what is the next upcoming steps for you in this NFL draft process? As the draft is only two weeks away, you got a couple. Of, you got trials coming up. You just a you just a busy man now. All of a sudden, yeah, man. I just been trying to keep keep busy, keep in shape. But I, I have another. I'm doing one more CFL tryout for the for the um, Montreal Alouettes, and then I have one more for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So 
hopefully I do good in those, and then I'm waiting for the draft, and then hopefully I get a phone call to get invited to a training camp and go from there. Definitely, and that's going to wrap up the show here tonight, folks. Another great podcast with 2015 NFL Draft Prospect, wide receiver Joey Wendell from UNC Pembroke. As you heard here first, only on the Sports Live podcast, you heard it here first. This man has two trials coming up with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Montreal Alouettes. If you fans of the Alouettes and Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you better hope he gets his guy on the team because he's just going to score a touchdown. And he's going to just break the game wide open. You're gonna be, you're gonna have uh, George Wiggum jerseys coming soon because he's just gonna be that dominant. Uh, last thing, George, if you have, any, if you have anything else to say before we go? No, I just want to say thank you guys, man, for the opportunity to just even taking this interview, man. I'm just blessed for any opportunity that's coming my way in my life right now. So I just want to say thank y'all. No problem, and that's gonna wrap up the show here tonight on the Total Sports Live podcast on Block Talk Radio. We we'll back same time, same place. We'll probably be back tomorrow with another. Uh, podcast, but if not, we'll see you guys on Sunday night at 11 o'clock here on, on Block Talk Radio. For me and George, everybody have a good night out there, and we'll talk and we'll catch you. We'll catch up with you guys later.